before we get to the show, we record, don't fast forward over this, we record the show every week at RZO Hot House in downtown Los Angeles where they have a comedy show every month. They are producing a great, great, great show for Eddie Pepitone um, to raise money for his documentary they're making about him called The Bitter Buddha. And the show has phenomenal people. If you're not in LA, you're screwed. If you're not in LA, you can zone out. But if you're in the LA area, you want to see Mark Marin, Rob Delaney, Nick Kroll, Paul Shear, Annie Kindler. Where'd you guys go? You're on the phone getting tickets. Greg, Greg Fitzsimmons, Jen Kirkman, Sean Conroy, and I'm, and it says live and special guests. And I'm sure we're trying to work out Sarah Silverman, but I didn't say that. Anyway, this event is to raise money for the Bitter Buddha. You can buy your tickets. Go to proudlyresents.com/bitter, bitter. And you'll have all the information about how to see this show. And it's $15 in advance, 17 at the day, June 26th. So uh, check that out. It's going to be an amazing show. It's at the Echoplex. Go to proudlyresents.com slash bitter, B-I-T-T-E-R. You are listening to Proudly Resents. Oh, reason. I, I can't even I hear you. Well. Hi, this is Sammy Wazel, uh, Proudly Resents. The Cult Movie Podcast. The Adam Biggest Men Show. To all you proudly resent listeners out there, just remember, you can't test on hospitality. I want Proudly Resents is Adam Spiegelman. I'm here with Augie Smith. Augie, thanks for coming. What's happening, Adam? Uh, you can find him as a great comedian at Augie Smith on Twitter. And Joe Mortimer, great actor, very funny comedian. I don't know about great. Not a so-so actor. Mediocre. If you need a mediocre actor type, if you're looking... Oh, you guys turn off your phones? My phone is turned off. Phones are off. It's uh, not my first rodeo, man. This is apparently <laughs> my first rodeo. You know, my first rodeo, I saw somebody get killed. At a rodeo? Yeah, a oh. guy, yeah. A, a Bronco killed a guy. That's so crazy. when people say my first rodeo, it's tough for me. Yeah, it's tough. It was difficult. <laughs> <laughs> my first rodeo In fairness, he owed the guy money. Experience. We are in RZO Hot House. We are literally in a uh, cement room. We're going to talk about Larry Crown with Tom Hanks and the Julia Roberts lady, who I think has a good career ahead of her, or had one, a great career ahead of her, <laughs> until this movie. Um, what, what is, is this, uh, what's that guy's name? Forrest Gump Light? It's, what's the best way to describe this movie? Well, here's the thing about uh, Larry Crown. Like, I'm not here to, to dump on Tom Hanks. He's an American hero, right? He's basically, I'm not, I'm not going to make fun of Frank Capra either. Tom Hanks is great, but it's sad when your romantic comedy leads get older. That's all I'm saying. Let's face it, guys. Tom Hanks looked worse at the beginning of Larry Crown than he looked at the end of Philadelphia. And <laughs> Thank you. He, and he good night. Terrible. Please <laughs> give money to Eddie Pepitone's movie. Buy the drink. Sorry, sorry, I didn't show up, and we're out. <laughs> It's amazing. No wonder someone died the rodeo. They're like, I can't do better. Yeah, like, he just had he just had a little more pudge to him and Larry Crown, you know. But, but it's slightly, yeah, just, slightly a few extra pounds. Just the same gaunt sort of giving up, you know, on on it all. Just just throwing in the towel. Augie, I thought you were gonna go Castaway, but I think uh, I thought you were going Castaway. Yeah, I go I go real dark. Yeah, you went real, real dark, dark right away. Real, yeah, real right. dark, real quick. That's uh, warning track power right there. It's great. So this movie, he uh, co-wrote and directed, and he co-wrote it with a woman who did mm -hmm. My Big Fat Greek Wedding. That was the amazing thing to me, that I was like, two people came up with this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they sat in a room, and two, two, two minds created this movie. Two people that know about movies. Two, oh. This wasn't two homeless people off the street <laughs> that have never seen right. a film. Right. Right? Yeah, right. they've made... 
right, he's made a hundred great movies. Right. The, my Big Fat Greek Wedding is a great movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. And then she just forgot how to make a movie. <laughs> And he's directly Well, by the way, the best thing that ever happened to her was that Rita Wilson saw her one-woman show, and now they're, you know, like, I I guess that's the rumor on how that big... No, that is a a rumor. That's just how it happened. And, and, you know, and she's just forever indebted to the Hanks family, but... What I heard was that this was a script she wrote, and then he kind of came in and wanted to do it, and they made a lot of changes. So the the movie's about him, uh, Larry Crown, who gets fired from his job at, like, Kmart... Because he didn't go to college, so now he goes to college. Which is ridiculous, because everybody that works in that place didn't finish high school. Right. Right, that's why you're and, there. And it's, and it's U-Mart, by the way, oh, is, is what it's called in the movie, is U-Mart. Now, the first thing I think people need to know about Larry Crown is that I watched this on demand, on my HBO On Demand, and it was not listed under comedies. The only, no kidding, the only genre I could find it listed under was all movies. Yes. It is known, it's one of all movies. Like, it's, you can say a lot of bad things about it, but you can't say it isn't a movie. No, it's a it movie. It is, in fact, a feature film. We're here to talk about a together. movie, yeah. which is a movie. <laughs> exactly. It's listed under About to Regret. <laughs> yeah. On demand. I think dem- when you say on demand, I think demand is a strong word. <laughs> yeah. I don't think there's much demand. I, we have it. It's, yeah. I think it's on The we majority have it. of the people watching it only watch it to make fun of it on podcasts. I would say it's the That's majority the, of people that have seen this film. It's a weird marketing plan. <laughs> but there is like there is something to be said about in, in a hotel room is that like your your common denominator, your lowest common denominator on movies that you will watch, you know, that you have a standard for what you go see in the theater. And then it's like, eh, I got an airplane standard. And then it's like, I, I have a hotel standard. That, you know, right. And that's something that you're like, eh, nothing else on. You know, I'm not going to masturbate, so I'll watch this. Well, well on an airplane... you can do both. But go yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I just wanted to make it clear. I don't want anyone to be shocked. Yeah. I, the first time I saw this movie, and last night was the second time I've seen this movie. I may be... Besides Tom Hanks, I'm probably the only person <laughs> to have seen this film twice. And the first time was actually on uh, an airplane. And uh, I've seen two great movies on airplanes. One was Larry Crown, and the other was Big Mama's House 2. Nice. Uh, I'm a huge oh. Martin Lawrence fan. I mean, I, huge. I will watch anything with Martin Lawrence. Have Absolutely. you seen Big Mama's House 2, yeah. Joe? I've seen Big Mama's House 2. I haven't seen the most recent one. where Did you like, see 3? Like I Mama, uh, where he's got the like song. Like Father, like yeah. Son. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got to tell you, Larry Crown is less realistic. Than <laughs> that movie was more realistic than Larry Crown. I bought that they believed that he was a fat woman. Blue Streak, when Martin Lawrence comes in with the pizza and the fake teeth, and he's going to do, you know, going to go uh, undercover to get in. Fabulous, I mean, right? genius. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's great. But I think this is what we're talking about, like, Great people made great movies, not doing it, able to hold it up. Like Harrison Ford still makes great movies. I'm trying to think of Tom Cruise still makes great uh, movies. Clint Eastwood makes great movies. <laughs> and Clint Eastwood has, has aged well. Like he just he, he's embraced his age. He is how old he is. And but at romantic comedy leads, it's tough for them. Yeah, and I think he yeah he changed because um, Clint Eastwood made a lot of shitty movies in the beginning. Oh, and now he makes amazing movies. And like you said, <laughs> he doesn't do the romantic comedy. The last movie he was in, he played a grumpy old man. Well, he seems to have created like a formula for for how to do it. He surrounds himself with, you know, stellar actors and and tackles subject matter that seems to be interesting to people. And then 
you know, so, the, the movies have an audience. So this, formally you're talking about, Clint was saying, get the best people. <laughs> All right, write, write this down. Hold on. And <laughs> find something yeah. really good, like, something really interesting that people would like or not right. like. Right, and yeah. then that, okay. would, that makes entertainment. That's, and, that's not what happened here, but No, that's and not. That's, <laughs> and that's unfortunately something Tom Hanks has forgotten. Yeah. He's gotten worse at this. This seems like people that, who agreed to do it, not necessarily the best people, but people who would be in it. That's why I felt like Julia Roberts wasn't in the movie a lot, that she was kind of plugged in for someone so famous to have such a weird, small role of the love, quote-unquote love interest, which is something you give to somebody who's not Julia Roberts. It seemed like she was only available for a couple of days. So they're like, all right, well, let's rewrite that woman part and the love interest. But she manages to stay above it. Like, you're never, you're, you're never really focused on her at, at all in the movie, despite how unrealistic her alcohol abuse may be in her marriage. It just sort of seems to What's quickly resolve itself and then she's in love. Nothing seems real in this film. No. Like there, she has a bad marriage and it's because like he has a weird addiction to, is it the internet porn? No, it's like pinup girls, not even, not even pornography. Not even naked. Yeah, it's like Betty Page pictures. Right. Yeah. You know? And this is Brian Cranston that plays, and he's supposed to be the bad guy. Okay, so the idea is this romantic comedy between Tom Hanks, who's out of work, and, uh, oh, by the way, Julia Roberts, who's an alcoholic married woman. So this is the plot for the comedy so far. And those two are supposed to hook up. Now, Brian Cranston is supposed to be the bad guy. And he's a bad guy because he likes internet porn, which I don't, I don't know anymore. Yeah. Really, that's the villain that we've created in our society. But that's why he can't this get is... a job, because he's at home watching softcore. Right. But he's had two novels published in this movie, which is not an easy thing to do. No, no. I say, He's well, the only character I rooted for in the for fictional in world thing. of fiction. Is it nice. easy to... I don't know if the sirens... It is good. You can't even get... Um, I don't know if you can hear the sirens in the microphone, but they're coming to get Augie for the first joke. <laughs> they're like, you're done. The L.A. cops. The Academy oh, Award police are, are coming yeah, down they're to... Uh, There's a parade outside for Augie's initial joke. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, I think it is hard for him to write two novels because he's a guy's always looking at porn. Sure. How can you get anything done? Right. You're never on Word because you're always on the internet. Well, you're and he's just YouTube building porn. his way up to nudity, too. I mean, he isn't even all the way to nudity. He's looking at girls in, in like, bikinis. You can't take weird. up something higher until you right. drop something lower. <laughs> Maybe it was... Until he's mastered that. It was made today, and not, like, three years ago, he would be on Facebook looking at, you know, people's birthday pictures <laughs> and vacation photos. Maybe that's what it... I mean, that's what the equivalent was of the it. The timeline. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it's one thing to say he looks at porn, and, but it's nothing to say it's ruining our marriage, and it's just him looking at pictures. Or, like, like Instagram photos of chorizo <laughs> sliders or, or, you know, people's... It's on a food blog. Yeah, people, yeah. gastropub sort of foods that people are photographing and uploading to the internet. And he's another guy who's too good to be in one scene. You know, like, he could have, I don't know, if he was around more, I guess he would have done more. Who? He's not going to say no, do you want to be into Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks wants you to play with Julia Roberts in one scene. Yeah, of course he's going to do well, it. There seemed to be, though, something to the movie that was just consistently off. You know, like, it never really fully made sense. Like, it was all sort of off. Like, the performances were sort of big and over the top, and, you know, everything just sort of seemed off. Oddly miscast roles, you know. You're, Wilder yeah. Valderrama running yeah. around like Rob Halford. Isn't you know, like, <laughs> on a scooter. Another guy that yeah. seemed out of place. And every scene was just badly done. It was the least interesting version of each of those things that you could do. Yeah. 
Yeah, it, like, well, like what? Like, well, like uh, getting caught with the porn was just well, kind of boring. Well, the, so what ha- the, the reason we find out that Brian Cranston is a bad man is that he and his wife at this point, let's not forget, Julie Roberts is married, everybody. She's married. The love interest is married. They're both drunk. They get into a car. They get into a fight. Brian Cranston accuses Julia Roberts of being flat-chested. Now, are we in another universe here? She's not. <laughs> was it originally cast for Laura Dern, and they didn't know? They just could not rewrite that line when they got Julia Roberts. It was so written. Said, long, it was for Shelley Duvall in 1977. It was originally Nicholson and Duvall. Yeah. Yeah. If you're, it, you know, if, if Julia Roberts isn't doing it for you. You know, you got to take a look deep, deep within yourself and examine what's wrong with you. There is a you problem. Know? Yeah, there's a yeah. problem. So they get in a fight. He drives away, leaving her at a bus stop. And then later we find out he got a DUI. Oh, which makes him the evil one. But first of all, she was drunk too. She's the one that got out of the car. And once again, I'm on Brian Cranston's side on this one. He's just some poor guy. This entire movie, I actually have a theory. It's like an Occupy movie is what it is. Because it starts out... Larry Crown, which, by the way, it's not Thomas Crown. Thomas Crown was a movie about an art thief. This is about a guy that just steals two hours of your life. (laughs) (laughs) Call the parade back. (laughs) (laughs) Larry Crown gets downsized is the first scene in the movie, right? Oh, because you don't have education. So he's going to lift himself up by his bootstraps, but he's also underwater on his mortgage, Right? Yeah. And it's got the evil gas companies because he's got this big SUV that at one point in the movie he has to get rid of to get the scooter. So we've got the oil companies, we've got the mortgage, we've got the corporate downsizing that Larry Crown is all taking on. But all of these people are evil except in this movie. I am on the side of you, Mart. <laughs> I'm on the side of the oil company in this movie. But you world. know how you solve these problems? Nine credits at a community college. <laughs> Yeah, you take three classes. It just eliminates all of your problems. Yeah, we're going to fire you because you didn't take basketball. You can walk around. Exactly. If you had only taken a public speaking course at a community college, we could have you work at this warehouse store. Yeah, we're ridiculous. This guy wants to get back in the world, so he's taking the bullshit classes. That's what you do when you're 18. (laughs) Yeah. When you get there, you're like, I'm not in the house. Yeah, like me when I was working out of Bennigan's and drinking fucking 12 hours a day. You know, what classes were you taking? Rolling community college. You know, like intro to group dynamics and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> How to get the Bennigans. Yeah, totally. That that totally. Class. He's like an elderly woman whose husband died and she's just trying to keep busy. I mean, yeah. just have him play canasta, for Christ's sake. At what part, when you go to community college, is it imperative that you just dress like Bono? He's well, like the well, weird vest and the chain wallet. Well, this the- is the character we haven't brought up yet, which should have been the interesting relationship in the movie. Larry Crown gets his scooter, and he goes to college, and he meets the young black woman, Talia. That's a movie. Right there. Bam. All right? right. Honestly, that was the movie. It should have been the It movie. was about how they, the two of them help each other out. Right. Uh, spoiler alert, things work out. Anyway, she helps him uh, become out of his shell, and he helps her open up the business. Right. And she, she, she wound up doing it on her own because they didn't take out the part that she opens up her own business. It's just that Larry's not there for her. You know, like it's just a weird. But here's the I'm jumping the gun on the plot, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, right. Of the three classes that Larry Crown takes, we see two of them. He takes a public speaking course taught by Julie Roberts, and he takes a business course taught by George Takai. Which I would take. Now, totally. Yeah. <laughs> After two weeks of this business course, Larry becomes an expert 
in business. And there's a beautiful scene where Talia brings him a sheet of notebook paper that had been ripped off of a Big Chief tablet. He looks at it and says, oh yeah, this business plan works. Next scene, she's in this beautiful office space, like a big marble building with this $20,000 sign on the front of it. Just sitting outside, apparently just raking in dough because Larry Crown, you know, business expert. I thought that came from his work at UMart, pushing carts around. <laughs> like, that's an experience. That's I would what... take a course with George Sakai to sue for roll call, just to see, <laughs> hear him say my name, and then throw in a couple of Mike Hunts, you know, see what happens. Just another oddly miscast. Yeah, it was another weird odd, one. Odd, yeah. Him laughing, just odd. And where was, if, if you're handing out favors, where's Peter Scolari? Yeah. From Bosom Buddies. You know what's interesting? Speaking of that, I noticed in the end Even credits. he turned it down. Yeah. 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 Like, uh, Listen, I don't get he's it. Like, Jeez, Tom. Yeah. I got a regional theater gig in, in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm, I got a callback yeah. for a dial soap yeah. commercial. I'm committed to four weeks. He um, actually is on AM radio. I, I might have mentioned this in the podcast before, but he did an ad for like a Viagra type pill on the radio. He's like, hey, it's Peter Scolari. And, you know, as men, we have these same problems. And you're like, holy shit, you're doing an ad for boner pills. Well, the thing about the, the Peter Scolari is that in the end credits, Jim Hanks, Tom Hanks' brother, is listed in stunts. So where was there an opportunity for stunts? It was just <laughs> on the scooters. So Tom Hanks was like, ah, I don't want to ride the scooter today. Get my brother Jim to do it and, you know, pay him as a stuntman. And so he was working as his, as his double, essentially. I wonder if he's done that before. And that's no, he does. He does, his, he does his voice work, like all the... Uh, you know, for toys and the extra um, Woody stuff for Toy Story, Jim Hanks just does it. Oh, that's great. Are you, are you uh, so you're younger, right? Youngest brother? Oldest? I'm an older brother. I'm a younger brother. All right. As a fellow younger brother, like, would you do that? Would you do that for your brother just for the money or would you feel weird about it? It's like, uh, here, I'm making a huge major motion picture and I have a job for you. It's riding a scooter and showing the back of your head. Well, no, you're riding the scooter because he, I don't want to hurt myself. It's like, it's <laughs> well, like a prank your brother you. would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, do this and hurt, and then you run. You can't run to your mom. Yeah. yeah. Put your finger in the socket. It's yeah. kind of an adult way of the fucking with your younger brother. Because I need to set up these oddly miscast actors in this weird, oddly set shot. I'm in Because I'm the director. I'm going to hurt your head. Yeah, yeah. If you break your head, no one will care. Right. I, I, yeah, so at least Jim got some work out of it. Yeah, this is the one thing we can say about this movie in general, the gym. <laughs> the gym. But, all right, so there's a scooter. So he gets a scooter, and I was like, why the fuck did it take five minutes to find him buying a scooter? Like, why didn't mm -hmm. he just have it from the beginning of the movie? But it's so he can join the scooter gang. Well, Tom Hanks went back to his uh, sitcom roots with the wacky neighbor of uh, Cedric the Entertainer. Now, here's what people don't know about me. I am maybe the biggest Cedric the Entertainer fan in the history of the world. I, I love this guy. I think he's hysterical. Uh, but it, this could not have been a more stereotypical black role of just the guy, right? You yeah. See, oh. I, run a, I run a yard sale all day long, and I haggle with everybody. That was the whole character. Come on, Ced. Yeah. You can do better than that. Well, you love yard you're sales. You're calling yourself you know, the... <laughs> you can't stoop to yard sales. He had to change his name to just Cedric <laughs> just D. Cedric. After this movie. <laughs> yeah, he just, they were like, listen, we got to... The sirens went off, and they're like, all right, let's take that down. And uh, the woman who played his wife uh, is an amazing actress, too. Um, I looked it up. I don't even know who that is. Yeah. Oh, well, there's another person. Like, how did he, right. You know, you got these... In, but here's the thing about Tom Hanks in this movie. Most movies in the complaint is that 
they're a magical black people movie, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's a white lead and there's right. a black person who right. helps them with their life. Right. So anyway, <laughs> most movies will have like one, like Will Smith in the Bagger Vance, right. you know, as a magical black person. And in this movie, Tom Hanks had two. He had the scooter lady and he had Cedric. I think, and, right. and Cedric's wife in the movie too. Uh, to Hodger B. Uh, Henson. Can't even say her name. And, and their great advice was to ride a scooter and dress like a metrosexual. That was the great advice that he got from his yeah. magic black people. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. they said dress weirdly and uh, <laughs> get on the scooter. And sell all your shit on eBay. Oh, yeah, he, sold, he didn't even have a guard. Get the fuck off the cul-de-sac. <laughs> and then he did the great thing that America's doing, which, by the way, bankrupted our society. He walked away from his mortgage. That's the thing that That's he, what he learned doing. in business class. That's what he learned is to walk away from your mortgage. This is a good, good deal. Yeah. <laughs> With the, 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 I, you know, I know people that have foreclosed on their homes and have been in their homes for two years after foreclosure. They were never asked to leave. He foreclosed. He turned in his documents and his keys and was gone two days later. And then, by the way, so at, at one point to make money, uh, he takes a job back as a as a line cook. At a diner, because he cooked in the Navy, Navy right, right, right. And uh, did you see the apartment he ended up moving into? <laughs> he moved into like a $3,000 a month apartment in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, things are going terribly Well, for that's you. the same thing at the end. He shows up, he's wearing like a $3,000 leather jacket yeah. to ride well, around on a scooter. This is what makes me nuts. He goes to this place, Frank's, which is in Burbank. It's a great diner. And he works there with a, a bunch of new wacky people. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just get a job at the diner? Yeah. Like he's a skilled cook from the Navy. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in public speaking course. Why did he take a public speaking gonna, course? And apparently he's going to get into a different line of work at this point. We, we don't well, know we why. you got to wait for Larry Crown too, man. Come on. I don't really, get ahead of yourself. Well, man. that would explain. They never say why he really went to school, what no. he was going to school for. No. And at the end of the movie, well, how does he resolve it? I don't even get. Yeah, let's make a movie where there's no goal no resolution, and you don't care about any of the characters. No bottom. He doesn't reach bottom at <laughs> no. any point. There's no, no conflict. Well, the, There's nothing The learned. resolution is he's only 117 credits away from a degree. <laughs> so he's well, like, the, the rate he's going, you know. And yeah. at the end, he gets the alcoholic married woman. So I guess that's a score. You know, win, win for you. And we don't even know why. And yeah, it was just so weird. It's like, well, it's the end of the movie, so they should get together and we'll have a date. <laughs> That was, that she was flipped pretty quick. She was like, oh, you're not dating the, the young chick? Uh, then I'm on it. So she thought he was dating the younger black woman, and, and uh, he had to say, no, 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 we wrote her out of the movie as much as possible. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then when she found out he wasn't, she, didn't, she was like, oh, now I'm in. That was weird. It was like, I, I really think it was like, oh, well, there's only five minutes left in the movie, so we really we, need we, to hook up. We need something to happen here. Yeah, because yeah. nothing happened the whole film. I was thinking about this, like what the notes were on this script, like the studio notes. And less. They were less. just like, do you, do you want to tell <laughs> him? I'm not going to tell no. him. No. You tell him. I'm not going to tell him. That's really funny. Yeah, because sometimes... He won an Academy Award. I'm not going to tell him. You tell him. Here's the thing about this movie. Even the Foley artist was bad in this movie. There's a scene where the drunkard Julia Roberts, the flat-chested drunkard Julia Roberts, <laughs> is drinking a margarita, and the sound that the Foley artist is gulp, gulp, gulp. No, it's a frozen margarita. It doesn't make that sound. We can see that that's not gulping. Like, even that, even that. I yeah. won't even suspend my disbelief for that. Well, at that point, yeah. <laughs> and, and, all right, can you imagine they get married? Let's say they get married, everything's happy, the Tom Hanks and Julia Roberts character. Someone says, how did you guys meet? Oh, it's a boring what? story. <laughs> and if they say that to you, trust them. 
They're not being modest. <laughs> That's not boring. You should make a movie. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, would you recommend people seeing this movie? No, you know, the, the one thing that I felt about watching this movie is the, it, it made me real. I, I thought to myself, what karmic debt am I paying for at this moment to be watching this? It just made me realize, like, what the fuck have I done with my life? I'm sitting in my one-bedroom apartment with no dining room furniture watching Larry Crown. How did I get here? That was a bigger <laughs> bottom than Larry Crown had. You're like, you're like, it's not... The movie was just a meta punch in the throat, you know, going... <laughs> Get it together. <laughs> you are sitting alone in your apartment watching Larry Crown. Yeah, no, bottom. Bottom. So you're at the well, rock maybe bottom. the idea is that even the best people can fail horribly. Like the most successful people in this art form. You could say Julia Roberts. You could make an argument. She is the most successful movie actress of all time. Yeah, she's great. And, and Tom Hanks, you could make the argument the same with him. And you know what? They, they can still suck. You should hey, see America. everything else. Exactly. Hey, America, you'll be okay. Well, Even it does make you fail. long for, you know, when you start looking at, like, the early movies of, of Tom Hanks, you know, when you, you look at movies like Splash and you, you look at his early movies. Turner and Hooch. Great one. Right. Oh, Bachelor Party. What happened? <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's canine. Changes for, the, for the record, canine, canine, canine is. Canine. Oh, what's Turner and Hooch? Who's in Turner and Hooch? Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. And the dog. And the dog. Oh, just Hooch. And Hooch. And Hooch. Oh, Jim, Jim Belushi is in... Is canine. Canine, got it. And uh, by the way, spoiler alert, canine dies what? at the end of that. No, yeah. Hooch dies. No, Hooch lives. Hooch has, has puppies. Dan Aykroyd is dragged No, wait a minute. Maybe wait Hooch dies. Shelly Shelley Long is uh. Money Pit. John Candy is Splash. Oh, that's right. John but, Candy Splash. Yeah. He died? He makes a lot of dark films, he Tom ate Hanks. I didn't realize that about that. John, John the dog Candy. was Shelley Long. Shelley Long. Oh. Yeah, what was your favorite she early Tom Hanks? She died at the end of Money Pit. I went to a screeching halt. Augie, yeah. how'd you put the show at the screeching halt? Um, <laughs> Would I you give, recommend this? I give this movie two thumbs in my eyes Come so on. I never have to see it again. He's back. Augie's just redeemed himself. Editing's back. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess if you have to see it, it's not. It, it's kind of fun to watch this movie. It's just not good. It made me angry. I'm yeah. not kidding around. It makes me angry when I watch it. And I, I was angry again last it, it night honestly, watching it. It, it, it. it was just unnecessary. There was, there was no point. It really to it. was. It just it was unnecessary. I mean, so, I, I, no, no, I should say, it was necessary <laughs> in, in, the, in the fact that it put a bunch of people to work for yeah. a while. It created industry for right. a little bit. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it was paid the some taxes. It was so, the movie version of a podcast. Yeah. Is what it was. How dare you. Get out. There's a parade outside. Why don't you go fucking get on a float? You son of a bitch. Uh, yeah, another, a better bad uh, Nina Vargarlis movie is I Hate Valentine's Day. It's just it's a movie she did with uh, John Corbett from the start. Really? Yeah, it was terrible. And the best part of it is it's not in any way a good movie. And then they have a commentary with her and the two producers of the film. And they, it's just a love fest about how great this movie is. <laughs> and you're like, no, I'm watching it. It is not do you, good. Do you think sometimes people don't see it? They don't see how bad it is? Like, like sometimes I'll work with comics that are horrible, and they, they've never done well, so they don't understand that they're doing badly. Yeah, but what is Neil that? Vardalis has done well. Tom Hanks has done well. How do they not know? I think Tom Hanks, got, for what you just said, you kind of give him a pass because he's done a million great things. And, right. And, and her, she's done one really, really good movie and maybe a couple of okay things. Yeah, I don't know. She's made a lot of shitty films. 
was I don't know, maybe she's just lucky on that one thing. <laughs> what comics were you talking about in particular? Name names. Uh, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I want the names. Oh, the, no. I mean, you could put this in the category that you know he directed the movie, so maybe he's flexing his chops on on directing a movie, but. Practice on somebody else. Yeah, I went. I saw this movie. <laughs> I paid money. But he directed a league of a league of their own, right? No, no, no. He uh, no directed, he directed uh, that thing they do. Yeah, that, that thing you do. That thing you do. That thing right? you do. Yeah, which was a great movie. Uh huh. Love that movie. Yeah, I love it. And that had Peter Scolari. That was the missing piece. That's what he If needs. this movie had Peter, it also Scolari. had Jonathan Skakish. Who's that? <laughs> oh, we're just butchering names. <laughs> I thought I was the only one butchering names. I'm glad you, that guy was in that movie. Uh, Augie. And I met uh, Augie's a great comic, and I wanted to book him on uh, Lopez George tonight. George Lopez. Uh, I know we talked about this last night, but we would just tell what happened to your experience. Okay. <laughs> so he's booked so, on Lopez tonight. At late here's night the thing show. about me: I've done stand-up for a really long time, but I've, I've never done a late-night talk show. So booked on Lopez tonight. It was supposed to tape on a Thursday, and uh, I, I was get on the plane on a Wednesday. And I have like a crappy ticket where I have to stop in San Francisco. I waited till I was in San Francisco to send out the email blast to every booker in the nation. Watch me on Lopez tonight, tomorrow. Four minutes after that is the first internet announcement that Lopez was canceled. <laughs> they canceled. Now, here's the thing, America. I'm not saying they canceled my appearance. They were so afraid of the truth that Augie Smith was going to bring to America that they shut down the entire this show. This ship has sailed. We need to shut this down right now. And in, and in case people are wondering about the heft of the show I was going to be on, I was the comedy guest, the main guest, Raven Simone. That's right. She was also ousted. Why do you think so, we were canceled? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you just canceled this podcast. Yes. Yeah, well, and the other, so my side of the story is I see Augie in Portland. He's great. I'm dying to get him on. We, we have a date, whatever. I don't know anything's going on behind the scenes about yeah, the show getting canceled. Know, you know. And uh, I get a call. Our show is canceled. Now i got to unbook everybody. And uh, you call, and I figured well, you were on a plane. This was so funny. So, I, yeah, the, the plane lands, and I turn on my phone, and I get, like, five messages. And the first person that told me was a guy not even in comedy, just my buddy in New York that saw it <laughs> on the Internet. He was like, the show's canceled. What? The show's canceled. So I call up, I call up Speaks, and I'm like, I'm trying to, like, lobby for myself. I was like, yeah. look, I know, you know, you got a lot going on there, but maybe it could be, like, a new comic coming out on the last show. And Adam was hysterically just goes, Augie, I just got fired. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll shut up now. Yeah. My side is saying, like, you call up, oh, my side is always, I get a call from Augie, I'm like, oh, fuck it, cancel. And you go, listen, here's the pitch. Yeah. <laughs> last thing George does, and I'm like, Augie, we can't have you as the last thing ever, is break new talent. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, Augie, I just lost my job. <laughs> but then the oh. kicker of it is uh, I go to the taping. On stage, they have uh, Arsenio Hall, George Lopez, Russell Peters, who's uh, the most popular comedian in Canada, is playing with the band. He's DJing. With <laughs> there the was band. there was a, a comedy set done that night by Meta World Peace. He wanted he to be a stand-up. Yeah. Oh my god! And they've been working on that for ages to make him do stand-up and on the Meta show. Meta World Peace is to comedy what Larry Crown is to movies. <laughs> You wrapped Perfect. it up great. Yeah. All button right. on that one. There's a yeah, button there's on a button. that one. There. All right. Well, thank yeah, you very much. Check out uh, more Augie Smith-isms uh, at Augie Smith. And definitely see him do stand-up. And uh, watch if you watch a commercial, you'll see Joe's face. Because you're in every yeah, commercial. Every once in a while. I hear his voice. Or in Clue. The Clue channel or Sleuth? Uh, Clue, yeah. He's the Form voice of the Clue channel. So if you like Law & Order reruns <laughs> and commercials for old for baths for old people, exactly. that's the channel that he is on. <laughs> and again, just to uh, promote, go to uh, prowlersends.com. 
You can find out when uh, you can get tickets for the new Batman film, and you can buy tickets through us now for really? Fandango, and uh, we get a little piece, very little piece. But listen, it's better than nothing. Um, RGO Hothouse is producing a show for Eddie Pepitone with an amazing lineup. Mark Marin, Rob Delaney, Nick Kroll, Paul Shear, Andy Kindler, Greg Fitzsimmons, Jen Kirkman, Sean Conroy, plus special guests. It's only $15 to $18, depending on when you buy your ticket. It's to raise money for a documentary about Eddie Pepitone, and it's at the Echoplex on June 26th. Go to proudlyresents.com slash bidder to get tickets. All right, thanks, guys. Adam, that, we're, we're out of time for this interview.